0: out everybody welcome once again to the show i'm your host and we have a huge episode today but first i have this is not why we have a huge episode but he is my co-host one and only the man known as motown jeff fuck up one and only jeff fenner is in the building well he's in his own building because we are still socially distanced Distancing, being responsible adults that we are. The infamous Yogg is not here once again. I'm sorry, Jeff. I didn't mean to cut you off, but uh, infamous Yogg is not here once again. And he is on the borderline of being permanently replaced by the suave, debonair, full head of hair. (laughs) Wiltshire is in the building. What's up, everybody? What's up, Lou? Good to see you. (laughs) What's up, man? What's up? And now. This is big because, uh, so everybody that listens know that, uh, I have I love, uh, comedy. I have a real affection for standup comedians, um, and their craft. And we have a, a, a we have had some great stand up comedians come on today. We have a, a hilariously, uh, funny man. He's, uh, he's he's in Jersey. One of them, I'm gonna try not to butcher his name because we talked about this right before uh, we started, but JL. Covan
1: perfect
0: nailed right. it. Yeah. Perfect. So <laughs> if that name sounds familiar. You have probably seen him recently, um, doing all types of uh, ridiculously good Trump impressions on the interwebs. And, uh, but he is, he, there's, there's depths to this iceberg of a man. He is, uh, there's so much more. He's got a bunch of comedy albums out, really funny dude, YouTube channel he makes uh, great videos. Um, so we're gonna talk about all that today. And thank you, uh JL for coming on. I really appreciate it. This is this is a oh, huge absolutely. get for us.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. It is a huge get for you. So <laughs> <laughs> my my stock has never been higher than yeah. it is this right now. Is... Um so yeah, no, but uh yeah, you're you're cool. You asked me to come on and uh I you know I'm I'm only Twitter famous. I have yet to like do a single gig yet or anything where I can start to feel somewhat above my station. So I'm still the guy struggling to get gigs. So, so in other words, I was free to do your show.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm going to give you a shout out here because I was, I was telling Jeff uh, before this, I reached out to you a few weeks ago and you were really uh, blown up off the, the, the Trump impressions and rightfully so, because it's amazing and we'll get into that. But, um, and you said you were busy and then i was i was kind of like well you know i'm i'm not going to hound the guy and you actually uh, emailed me back when you were free and said yeah i'm free to come on so you know thank you for not just uh as we like to call it around here scott bayowing us
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> now so. uh here jl is in charge okay not charles um <laughs> yeah it's i'm just it's one of those things you spend it's weird because like I said, in a, I've told other people in a year, I might be back to being just some guy who had a nice little COVID blip that weird things happened. And I blew up for a little bit. So there's no, you know, my entire comedy career has had like a couple of highs and lows, but mostly it's been a struggle. So it's like, I, and I'm not saying you guys are struggling. I'm just saying as a independent artist person doing, trying to do something, it's like, who am I in a weird way? It's like, Who am I to say no? I mean, I say no once in a while. I say no to, like, a lot of conservative radio. They're like, we'd love you to come on and have fun. And I'd go, I don't want to entertain your audience. I find nothing funny about this. Like, I don't want to be like, (laughs) hey, guys, at the end of the day, isn't it just kind of funny that he's a racist, sexually abusing monster? (laughs) Like, we can all just kind of have fun with that. And I'm like, no, you have to... Like, if you think it's funny, that's great, because I'm funny and the impression's good. But if you... I can't go on and give, like, a pass. Like, if Newsmax wants me on, they're like, hey, so-and-so <laughs> loves your impression. I'm like, you guys are part of the problem. Yeah, You're fucking... <laughs> why we have this guy. Like, that's not cool. Right. Um, so, but my cause... point being, I'll, I, I say yes, because it's like, you know, I identify, obviously, with people trying to do some good things. And while I'm somebody who maybe can bring some ears while I have this little moment, then, then that's cool. Because I've, I've been that for most of my career.
2: So... It's funny you bringing up the conservative stuff, because the first time I saw one of your videos, I hate watch the first 15 seconds because I thought so you funny. were actually a Trump supporter. And I was so like, funny. dude, funny. can't wait to fuck this guy. And then I was like, oh, <laughs> I, <laughs> this, I wait, it. I
1: think you forgot to say up. You just said you can't yeah. wait to fuck this yeah, guy, which is a indeed. weird way of saying you hate yeah. somebody. <laughs> what are we going to meet at Yo. some MAGA truck stop late at night? You're like, you know what? I'm going to fuck you. <laughs> wow.
0: Yo, Jeff, I think mean, you had I'm here. You drink it already, Jeff? you yeah, no, got to perfect. say up. You just basically <laughs> tell the world you want to fuck this guy. <laughs> that's, perfect. That's, that's literally what, what you said.
2: I, I asked him if he had an OnlyFans at the beginning of our uh, pre production. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh my god! I was so mad at you. I want to fuck this guy.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I wore. It was like a total coincidence. I was wearing a flannel shirt, like at the time, and I think that made people because the negative comments I got were from progressives who weren't watching the video. I got a lot of like, "Fuck you, you piece of shit," you. And I was like, "Please watch the video. It's satire." And, like, one person blocked me. I think they were so embarrassed, but I was like, you could have just said sorry, and we would have been cool. Like, <laughs> you you called me a fucking asshole. I said, it's a joke. And then you blocked me. Like, <laughs> okay, my bad. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry for offending you by letting you know you were wrong.
0: I'm sorry for offending That's you awesome. by pointing out that you just said you wanted to fuck me. You- <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, Jeff, don't block him, man. Yeah, well,
0: that- if you're ever gonna get over that, bro, I'm good. That's turning into a sound. <laughs> Jail, thank you. I'm good.
1: That's <laughs> what I'm here for, man. I have great listening skills. Um, I always got good listening grades in elementary school. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. So, I want to talk about your comedy because you, ha- you have like six comedy albums out. Yeah, six stand up albums. To, like, I think they date back to like 2006.
1: Yeah, my first my first one was Racial Chameleon. That was 2006, so I was, I was about three years in, and I'm still proud of it. It's weird, because I remember listening to it probably like five years ago, thinking I would hate it. I was like, oh, God, I'm going to cringe. And then I was like, it's not tight. Like, in other words, I threw everything I had into that album, and it could have been like a 50-minute album. Instead, it's 70 minutes, but there's a lot of good stuff on it, and I was actually surprised. I was like, all right, I was... I wasn't lying to myself. I was pretty good for a th- I was very good for a third year comic. So I feel right. like I've always been like good at my level. Like I started out, I want, you know, I can watch stuff that I did a year in and I'm like embarrassed, but I'm killing because I'm doing impressions, but it's horrible stand up. But right. I was good for a newcomer. You know what I mean? Like so. Yeah, no. As
0: yeah, long yeah. as
1: my whole career, I've just been very good for whatever level I'm at. Now I'm, you know, it'll be 17 years since I started uh, open mics in DC next week. So now I'm. There's no more like I'm pretty good for a 17 year comic. It's like <laughs> no, I'm just very good. You don't get to That's keep going weird. like. I think That's... I'm gonna hit my sh- my stride about 30 years in, but for 17 <laughs> see, years, I'm pretty solid.
0: So <laughs> you say that? However. 2003 was I my day job I am uh, a union construction uh, local 1556 dock builders timbermen. and I started in 2003 and I tell everybody that I am a 17-year apprentice <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I, I can retire in 13 years and I've almost got it down
1: and, and I think I'm when union, you get a comedy everybody else and when you get a comedy pension, I think it just means you need to pay somebody like $20 a month. The horrible You're business.
0: Bastard. Comedy pension, you lose money. You lose right. more money. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. So I, I went on your website. Uh, very, very nice uh, pictures and a very nicely done website. But you have like a really – um, is, were you really a district attorney in the Bronx before yeah. you – around well, the time that, not- that you started?
1: I started in law school because I was super depressed in law school and I needed a hobby and um, stand-up comedy was it. And I never had any ambition for it whatsoever. It was just sort of fun. Mm. And um, but then, you know, your classmates come see you and you get that little ego stroke. And then, you know, maybe after a show, some 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 girls from a local college like you are so funny. And you're like, oh, my God, fuck the law. (laughs) I need to be a comedy superstar. And, <laughs> <laughs> and so, but of, of course, you know, I was, I'm was i not an idiot. I wasn't like, man, I crushed those four open mics. Sorry, sorry, mom and dad. The law just isn't for me. No, I got a job and I was from the Bronx. Um, so I went to the Bronx district attorney's office, which was like a nice job. Um, gave me some material, but also was like a job that was pretty nine to five. So it allowed for, you know, for, for moonlighting as a, as an open, really as an open micer and bringer, but I got to do a lot, got a lot of stage time. And, you know, then it started to become a thing where I was like, okay, I think I really want to see, you know, I'm, I'm no idiot. I'm not going to quit my day job, but I really want to put a lot of effort into this and see how far I can take it. And the answer is, um, you know, I needed a, a global health and financial crisis, to get my break.
0: <laughs> so basically, you just needed everybody to suffer.
2: Yeah, that's all, <laughs> that's all it took. That is all it took. From your bio, it seems like you kind of were good at this early, though. I saw the, the thing that jumped out to me was the fifth grade uh, Jean Claude Van Damme impression. Yeah, that was,
1: uh, it was, and I maybe it was either fifth or sixth grade, if I'm being totally honest. I, I say fifth grade because I think it was then. I think that's right. when I saw a couple of movies of his for the first time might have been 6th grade if anybody out there's fact checking um, but that yeah that yet. was what's funny is that all my <laughs> friends thought it was funny but i'm sure it just sounded like a high pitch like a girl imitating jean <laughs> I'm like where are you wearing the black silk underwear I'm like oh, oh my god dude you're so on point <laughs> <laughs> You know, now I hear it when I do a Jean-Claude Van Damme. Now I hear it and I'm going, you know, you should, of all people, you should know that I would never wear black Sikh underwear. But, but that's from Double Impact. Any uh, any okay. uh, Van Damme scholars out there, that's from great Double movie. Impact. <laughs> great, great movie. Great. Um, I remember my thought when I saw that at 12 years old was I was so dumb in a way that I was like, I was so jealous. You know, the hormones are kicking in. And there was this hot blonde in the movie. That like the one twin is drunk and imagining yes. the other twin having sex with her, yes. and in my head I was like, "Oh man, I'd be pissed if that dude was groping on 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 like if I was that guy." And then in my head I was like, "Wait, Van Dam's really grabbing that chick? Like, they're, they're, this isn't a dream. He's getting to do that." It was. So, I was the really funniest thing just,
2: about that. So into the, the movie, the twin is drinking Red Label Scotch, if I can remember, like by the bottle. Uh, <laughs> You really loved his
1: movies. He was double. He was was my favorite, honestly. And maybe it was the Jean Jean connection. But he was obviously Arnold had all the best movies. Like there's no there's no competition if you're being serious about like eighties, nineties action people. But Van Damme was definitely my favorite. Like he was definitely and he's his movie sucked, but I lo- like <laughs> right. for a 12-year-old who's just getting to see R-rated movies, 11, 12 oh, years yeah. old, oh, amazing. Yeah. God,
0: he was universal soldier. Ah,
1: do you know how bad Dolph Lundgren was as an actor? Oh, like in that movie, if you watch him, so I've always said, my thing with people, I've always said, I hope I'm not doing a Dolph Lundgren because I've gone to good schools, I have a law degree, and I say, but comedy right. is what I've always <laughs> wanted to do. And I look at Dolph Lundgren, and I'm going, dude, you were a model, like a kickboxing ripped six foot four, like champion. You have, you're a genius. You are in Mensa and you have an engineering degree from MIT. And he, he was really? like, yes. And I think I he just that. said, I want to do the one thing I'm terrible at.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I want to be the villain in a Rocky.
1: Holy movie. shit. Yeah. Like in this dude could be Anything doing anything, doing anyone, and he was like, oh, I wanna
0: act. <laughs> Holy shit, imagine being in a movie with Jean-Claude Van Dam, and you're the worst actor there, right? <laughs> right, he was just probably like running lines with Van Dam. Like, how do you do it, Jean-Claude? How do you how do you
1: get in touch so deeply with your character?
0: <laughs> like he's uh Olivier.
2: <laughs>
1: God, when Van Dam, I mean, when Van Dam does the splits, you you feel the emotion. It's just, it's like Brando at his peak.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Shit, man, that's I never knew all that about. Like, I do something I'm very bad at, just because like that's like the only thing I can do because you know I knocked a chick up at 18 years old and I never went to college and shit. But like to actually have options and then be like, oh, you know what, I'm pretty bad at this. I'm gonna do it. That's impressive. Yeah, and
2: get paid for it. That's Who what he learned was... from? He like, learned from some... Sylvester Stallone. And yeah, fucking Sly Stallone <laughs>
1: Acting Academy. It's it's, it's rough. the thing with with Dolph and It's like you know, there's some actor out there who like just missed out on like uh-huh. Drago or Universal Soldier. Who's like, this is all I have. I've been working out for ten years. Like, <laughs> I I I'm a waiter. I have nothing else, and I was. It was between me and Dolph Lundgren, and this guy can't act his way out of a bag and could do 47 other things with his life.
2: (laughs) And yet, here he is
1: with his ear necklace in Universal Soldier.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Someone's out there really mad they missed out on Johnny (laughs) Manonic because he took the spot. That's amazing. Damn, man. Uh,
0: What would you feel? Would you feel worse like losing a role to Dolph Lundgren or losing a role? to like uh brock
1: lesnar oh oh i mean Dolph long Lund- uh brock lesnar
0: yeah yeah i think
2: because so it's too. like yeah brock's you know terrible like
1: yeah and and Dolph Lundgren's done enough movies that i'm like well maybe he auditions well <laughs> you know like, maybe, <laughs> yeah right, right he, yeah. Has, he has the <laughs> tactics and the techniques <laughs> down pat
0: so well, brock smarter
1: Lesner's than everybody in the room big
0: so. older right right <laughs> Right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I can see that. Yeah. Brock Lesnar is just a fucking idiot. Big, big, strong idiot. But um, all right, strong. let's get back to uh, you, JL, and your your comedy albums. Um, run, run through them. <laughs> some of them have some great names. And, sure. Uh, um,
1: so, so, Racial Chameleon was about my my race. You know, the title is from my racial right. background, where I say, you know, depending on the season and my hair length, I, I go through different races. Nobody ever thinks I am what I am. But, you know, as right. I say, by August, I turned a color I like to call Terror Watch List. So that was one of my big hits <laughs> early on.
0: I turned that color, too, actually.
1: <laughs> uh, nice. So, so album, two, album two was two years later called Diamond Maker, which was basically half of that album was about a broken off engagement. And Diamond Maker was a reference to how I was somebody with a lot of potential. And she just put pressure on me until she got a diamond. Um, the joke makes sense when I actually, when you actually hear the joke, I'm I'm doing that thing Mm -hmm. where I'm like, let me give you the, let me give you the cliff notes on the joke I wrote. (laughs) Um, so that, that was really a turning point in terms of my career and the way I wrote because I got very personal around that time because I was very hurt by the relationship and that probably helped my con it hurt my personal life, but helped my comedy career. And that's what counts obviously. (laughs) Um, in terms of my approach to writing and being a much more personal, I could do goofy stuff. I, and then I started doing like my impressions for YouTube. I sort of said on stage, I'm going to talk, I'm going to tell stories, I'm going to tell jokes, I'm going to be like explore things and I'll save the impressions for sketches and YouTube. So, uh, 2011, no, 2012 recorded late 2011, 2012, it came out, uh, too big to fail. Um, which is just a a very solid album, you know, like I'm very happy with it. Uh, 2013, like a year and a half later, after ending a very good relationship and getting very fat and being very depressed, I came out with my best album uh, of my career, probably to this day still. Uh, It's called Keep My Enemies Closer. And I just, it's one of those albums that I look at and I say, if I had been famous when that came out, that's like a. I, I, I genuinely mean this. It's. it's I, mm-hmm. I think it would have been like a Grammy-nominated type stand-up album if I had been a big stand-up comic putting that album out. Right. Um, and that, to me, that I'm so proud of that one because I it took like 15 months from start to finish to write all the material, work it out, and and put that out. I've never had an album kind of come to me that quickly. Um, then there were a few years later, and I did uh, an album called Israeli Tortoise. Which uh, I like. I don't know. Like I have, I have fans and friends who've told me like that's might be their favorite. Um, I think it's like very good. But coming off right. of Keep My Enemies Closer, I was comparing it to like my best. Um, and then Thoughts and Prayers was two years ago, and that was like a double album. Which I love that one. Oh, that's, thank uh, you, thank uh, you. Yes,
0: I love, that, one. And, that was,
1: and my, that's one the favorite. only one that I would say that I might even or ahead of Keep My Enemies Closer. It's the only one in the conversation of my catalog, which sounds so douchey to say. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that my whole great. theory is I talk about the career I want to have, not the one I have. So I speak right. in terms like I am successful, hoping that like one day people will listen back to this. And of course, he's, a, in a, he's yeah. a, a Hall of Fame comedian. Why wouldn't he talk like that? Meanwhile, in this moment, we're like, he sold three copies. Why is he talking like this? <laughs> but yeah, thought, Thoughts and Prayers was was I was I was I remember when I finished recording that because that was one take that album. Really? Um, wow. yeah, so five like of Jay-Z. my, five of like my six five of my <laughs> six stand-up albums were one take.
0: Wow. Um, now you're just bragging. Now no, yeah. but it's true.
1: What people don't get is when you're a feature act. Like I had for two of my albums, I had to rent the space. For two of the other albums, I had to rent the club. Like I had to make a deal with the club to get the space. And for like, so it's like, you're a feature. Basically, all I'm doing to lead up to an album is like, I know I have this hour or this hour and five or this 55 minutes. And I've just got to each set I do on the road or at home, I got to make sure I'm getting this 10 minute chunk. Then this feature set, I got to do these 30 minutes. For the next feature set that week, I'm doing 20 minutes different, 10 minutes the same so that I'm getting the reps. But I tried to keep up a headliner pace because I always, I believed by about 20, when Keep My Enemies Closer came out, I said, now I just need the opportunity. I am a headliner. I just need somebody to to vouch for me, to give me that opportunity. And it really didn't happen. But from that moment on, I knew I was a headliner. I was just waiting for the opportunity. So I kept up a headliner pace in terms of writing material and trying to put out albums when I felt I had it. That's why there was no pattern to like when they came out if i if i had an album in a year and a half so be it i had an album after a year and a half if it took three and a half or four years that's how long the next one took but um
2: right were you doing yeah, these i just in new york or do, new jersey i'm sorry down in, were you doing these in new york new jersey or yeah, so down I, in dc I,
1: I did let's see i did th- three of the albums Okay, so first two were at the Triad Theater in, in uh, Upper West Side. Okay. The th- third one was at Helium in Philly, where I lost money on it. I had to rent the club for a thousand bucks, and I made my door take was six hundred and sixty dollars. So I lost over three hundred dollars recording that album. Uh, the fourth one was "Keep My Enemies Closer," which is the only one I did. I did a show at the Triad Theater, thinking I'd get another big crowd like I had for my first two albums um 27 people showed up to a theater that held 130 people. So Shit. the rec- it sucked. Oof. And I was like devastated and I said, "You know what? I know this material is good. Let me just find a tiny venue and crush it." And I mer- like so 3 tracks uh, out of the 22 tracks on that album are from the first show. And the okay. other tracks are all from this one set yeah. I did at uh, it was called the Laughing Devil Comedy Club. It was this small hole in the wall in Long Island City. I had about 27 people, but the room only sat like 40. Uh, But you can hear it. You can hear it's like the energy is crazy. Everybody is loving it, but it's the crowd's so small. But that's how much I believed in that material. I was like, I don't care. I want people to regret not being at this set. But I I can't live and say, well, nobody showed up. So I said, this has been my career. My career has been a struggle. So I'm going to, the people who showed up are going to get JL at Madison Square Garden energy and and material and then uh the next album was recorded uh, at the same venue under new ownership and that one i did two shows and got club promotion so i had a quote-unquote sellout of like 40 people each show um so that one i was able to splice together that's the only really edited together album from two different shows and then thoughts and prayers was just 100 minute double cd set in one take, <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> but that's nice. what you have to do. Like, you don't get the opportunity to say, "Hey, Helium, you mind giving me a, a Thursday through Saturday five shows?" They're like, "Who the fuck? We like you, but no. Right, <laughs> like, you're right. a friend of the club. Here's your five hundred dollars for five feature sets. You don't get to do this." So you, so I had like, as good as I think some of my albums really are, I'm excited because I'm going. I've been handy. I'm like one of those baseball players from the 1930s where it's like, well, he plays baseball and hits 40 home runs. And then he's a farmer because the, the team <laughs> yeah. only pays $10 a game. <laughs> I'm still in that phase of my career. And I'm excited if I get to that next level where I'm a touring headliner to be like, wow, now I'm getting six hours a week of stage time to really like go all out and, and, catch every nuance and be in front of like I'm I'm excited because I think I'll be able to go to an even higher level even this later stage in terms of how much time I've been in I might be able to take it to another level because I've been forced to be bigger than the the place in the business that I have so if I ever get that place I'm I'm more than ready like Steve Young you know I was he came in he, he was a backup for way too long but he came in right away and was a Super Bowl winning Quarterback with lots of concussions, and that's what yeah. I hope
2: to be. <laughs> <That's good>. <laughs> <laughs> is this like a Yo, a little bittersweet? Thing?
0: <laughs> what do you say, Jeff? What was that? I was that? saying, is this like
2: a little bittersweet? And because now, obviously, with the Trump stuff, the popularity's exploded. You've you've um, gotten on some amazing things nationally. And right now, probably you could write your ticket in terms of going on stage somewhere and we're locked down and you can't do it.
1: <laughs> oh, well, no, that's, I mean, that's my career in a nutshell. Um, that's that's the way it's basically been.
0: Basically, a more Morissette song. That's basically, like, yeah. <laughs> it's I, fucking I, ironic.
1: <laughs> it, it makes total sense. Like, so many things have even happened over this time frame since the COVID because I've been surpassed in media coverage, like, eclipsed by if if you're familiar with Sarah Cooper who's who's yeah. gone viral with all these uh TikTok videos that are funny but now it's like I don't know if she has PR or if she's just more popular like everybody just loves the 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 sort of the the, the what that represents but to me it's like I'm half Haitian but I look like Adam Sandler to most people unless they see my <laughs> Oscar Gamble <laughs> sideburns coming out of my hat and if you told me Hey, half Haitian comic does perfect impression of Donald Trump off the cuff, ad-libbing three, four videos a week, just keeping up to date with everything and almost moving ahead. Because a few writers shared a tweet of mine from March where I basically predicted his whole thing about negative testing and being positive and negative. I've been doing that for months on my podcast, (laughs) and I did it in a March video. And I'm sitting here going, I am not... This is a safe space for for a comedian to talk because the truth is I'm not trying to tell any suburban mom or whatever, like, you shouldn't laugh at that. I'm funnier. No. Whatever makes you laugh, it made me laugh. Farts can make me laugh. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? But I don't then... I then don't do the progressive intellectual thing and turn a fart into now what the fart really was so funny about is because it was a <laughs> gaseous commentary on the neglect of climate change. And that's what's so deep about it. And that's why right. it's more brilliant than your mere impression. It's like, that's when I have to sort of go, okay, you got to be kidding me at this point. Come on. Like, yeah. can we stop pseudo intellectualizing this? It's funny. I get it. You just discovered TikTok, old progressive people, right. but so I'm already getting eclipsed. like I'm already like, you know, News 12, the Bronx canceled an interview with me last week. And I said, her. oh, wow. Wow. I really? think I am done. I think my career is already done. If that's the level I'm now at. Um, no, for no reason, just logistically. Oh, okay. But I was like, oh, yeah. I'm clearly not a get for News 12, the Bronx <laughs> anymore.
0: <laughs> well- um well, let me I mean, tell cr- you something. I
1: crushed it on New York One, so they, 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 they're a bigger deal. So take that News Twelve, the Bronx. Yeah.
0: I mean, you got to go past Channel One to get to Twelve, anyways. All right. right. Like, right. If they see you on One, nobody's going to Twelve. That's what I would exactly. say. But it's oh, a very you're it a huge is weird. hit for us.
1: Oh yeah. Well, thank you. Uh, I, it's 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 just weird because yes, there are no clubs to perform it, and that's where I keep telling people. Hey, please check out my stand up albums. Please like stream it. You don't have to buy it. Right. Just but no. I want, I'd rather of the 90, I've picked up 90,000 followers since March 24th. And to me, it's like, to be fair, Sarah Cooper has picked up 80, 80, uh, 820,000, just to put it in perspective. This that's why a, I
2: know I'm not shit. It's to me that that's the case. It's, I,
1: it's, it's, not because, hurt at
2: all, but. Like, like, right, like, well that's epilepsy. what I always have
1: to say one I always have to vanilla. go <laughs> Right and, but, but there's such an ownership over her stuff right now That people feel very connected Like they discovered her So they're very protective of her So, yeah, if, so if, as I've seen on my threads If you call her Millie Vanilli People go, that's nasty and uncalled for What she's doing is so much different than that And I'm going You just, uh, I've had people attack me For copying her And to me I go, wait I started six weeks <laughs> before her on the videos. I've had right. the impression since 2015. Oh, and by the way, that's my voice, not a lip sync. And I've had right. most people have gone, "Holy shit!" Oh, well, you're good too. And I go, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa!" whoa. <laughs> what do you mean you're good too? You just got fooled. I literally fooled you I'm into great. thinking I was copying the president's words. Right. And you just and your answer to that is go. Well, co-MVPs, I guess. <laughs> <So>
0: <laughs> it's you're like Keith finding
1: Hernandez. out Barry Bonds hit 73 homers and you're like, oh, he didn't take steroids that year. Like, if you found out he didn't take steroids and you're like, oh, he hit 73 homers, you're like, well, I guess that was good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah. Now you have to reevaluate it and say, oh, no, that's actually the greatest season ever.
2: <laughs> right. The, w- the weirdest thing is the beer. It's pitting against you, too. It's not like Trump doesn't give enough you know, material for you guys both to it, it's got <laughs> to be like a- where they're watching her, or him, and you're. Oh, you're and not most people, curious.
1: most people aren't like that, but I think a lot of my older fans are are coming. You know, I'm trying to tell them not to because I don't need them to get attacked on Twitter. And like I said, in all seriousness, her first couple videos made me laugh. Like, so I'm not standing here going this is bullshit. Like I'm not being a pretentious artist. Like that's not real. I'm not Dirk Diggler going, you're not an actor. I'm a fucking actor. (laughs) Like it's, (laughs) you know what (laughs) I mean? It's, it's, it's all (laughs) funny and it's all good. And like a lot of people enjoy your stuff. And, and and I laughed at it too. So I'm not sitting here going, that's not funny. But as a comedian, I think a lot of my fans who under, who know me and who know my stand up and know that this isn't my first thing. This is my ninth thing that's finally getting like wider recognition, is I don't respect it as much. I'm sorry, like, and I don't mean that as disrespect, I'm saying as a comedian, as somebody who has created many different things, written out things, I'm not saying it's not funny. And I'm not saying she doesn't do this kind of shtick better than other people. But I can't, I'm not, I can't, I don't respect it as much. And that's not to say I disrespect it, but it's like, I don't, I've had kids on TikTok Lip syncing album, like an album of mine, which was very weird to discover. Like a track I did on Netflix from Too Big to Fail had like 30 different kids doing that's their own pantomime, right which is crazy. And I thought that was very cool, but nobody's going to see some kid acting out my thing and go, he's better than JL at comedy. <laughs> yeah, like right, that would be insane. Right. And yet that's what it feels like is happening, where it's just because you like something. And that's the difference. I feel like conservatives. I, I shouldn't even say conservatives, Trump supporters. I don't really want to have conversations with at this point because I think the man, right. there's no gray area on this dude. This dude is like cancer. Like nobody's out there wearing, you know, make cancer great again hats. And that's because that would be insane. And yet that's how it feels. The, the man is right. so transparently awful and incompetent to his core. But I think, uh, I just had a brain fart, I'm sorry. Uh, no, but with, with Trump supporters, they'll say, the one thing they won't do is try to explain my comedy or tell me I'm not funny. They'll go, leave your politics out of it, but the impression's good. And I'll be like, "I'll be like, at least you said that. At least you're recognizing a boundary, even though I think you're probably a terrible person. But on the other side, people are like, I love your impression. Oh, my God, it's so good. But let me explain to you why you should do this, or let me tell you why what Sarah's doing or someone else is doing is actually a different level. And what and I go, but you're telling you're telling somebody with a PhD in comedy, even if it's from a lower ranked school, uh, you're telling somebody with a right. PhD in comedy how to like what comedy is, like what to do. And I'm going, I don't need you to explain com- and it's because I feel like liberals don't want to just laugh. They want to laugh and feel, I shouldn't say all liberals, clearly not. Right, There's plenty right. in the middle, but of these like social media progressives, they, they mm-hmm. don't want to just laugh. They want a sense of, not only is this funny, but let me explain to you why my interpretation actually makes me a better person and why we're on the right side of history. I don't right. care. I hate Trump. I'm a very, a fairly progressive person on almost every issue, but right. I, that's what I always try to tell people. I'm like the only thing I'll miss about turning off some of these maga people is they probably would love my stand up cuz <laughs> I don't get I know I do almost no politics in my stand up. Right. Not I do a little, but really it's my life, it's my stories, it's you know, for I I turn off more progressives than I do conservatives with my stand up, but if you're going to come at me first with hey, uh, you know, I think Trump's great, but your impression's awfully good. And I go, well, then okay, you just go like it in <laughs> silence because this man is not a Republican. It's not like, hey, we differ on trade and taxes yeah, and yeah. Supreme Court appointments. Right. This dude's, to the core, the worst, like the worst person. So I always look at that and go, you're telling me and by the way, like I always say, somebody said I was taking it too personally when I said something about being half Haitian and being a Catholic. And all the things I've ever learned in my life and the people around me tell me that this guy is the worst. I'm like, how would you feel when if Obama when Obama said cling to your guns and bibles? Uproar. And I'm not saying that wasn't a poorly worded sentiment. Of course. Politically, it was not it was not his most articulate moment, but it was like Okay, get over it. He wasn't saying these things are necessarily bad, but yes, he he trivialized them. Trump called Haiti a shithole. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, obviously it has yeah. problems. He yeah. called, he said Nigerians who are like the most educated immigrants per capita in this fucking country want to go, don't want to go to their huts. How can you not find that deeply offensive? That, you know what I mean? That's not, Joe Biden may say some shit that's like stupid or old do, folksy, yeah. like, brain fart, but I never look at Joe Biden and go, that dude's a piece of shit. I go, no, that dude's got a good heart, and most people can tell. Yeah, Yeah. he might say some stuff, and I think, I'm sorry, I'm ranting, but
0: growing up the way I did,
1: growing up the way I did, like, I, to most people, look um, most people, white. Some people, some kind of beige ethnicity. And I have been exposed to racist comments within my own family, among peer groups, who don't know or aren't sensitive to things, right? And I have gained, I think, a pretty good meter over my life for who's a bad person and just who doesn't say the right things. In other words, if somebody who's a, got a good heart says the word "oriental," and I know, let me preface this: not my place to speak for the Asian community, but I'm saying you could say that, and I might roll my eyes and be like, "Oh, that's a," but I'm not. But sometimes you can tell from a person, "Oh, you." You don't have the right words or language, but you aren't. It's not coming from a place of 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 hate or or indifference. Yeah, and you're you're amenable to to learning new things or or being exposed to new things. And I feel like I've got a pretty good meter for like who says bad words sometimes and who has bad thoughts and intentions. And I'm not I'm not perfect, but like I feel like I have a good meter for that. And I've kind of had to develop one, being that I'm I often hear things that if I looked blacker, I'd never <laughs> right. hear. Right,
2: right, uh, right.
1: And to me, it's like Trump ain't the guy who's misspeaking. He's not the guy who's from a different era. He's human garbage. And I can't speak for his soul or where it's going, but the man seems unwilling to change, unopened to, 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 to new horizons and new understandings of things. And his his followers... At this point, seem like a, a cruel cult.
2: Yeah, it's a it's a ton of dog whistles, right? Over and over again. It's it's that's what he does. I mean, it's even if he's trying to sound like he's speaking the right way, it's there's always undertones to it at all times. It's fucking crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I
1: mean, bo- it was my father's birthday. I didn't realize it until it happened, but it was my my father's birthday when he said. I didn't realize till a year later because I remember when in Charlottesville. I yep. remember when he said that and at the time all I was thinking cuz I you know I, I don't like the man but I was like oh no he's going to come out and he's going to say the platitudes of like we condemn this violence there's no place for hate in our country and they're going to all applaud and say, my God, Donald Trump became president today. And I was like, this is such a layup and it's going to be so gross when everybody acts like he he hit a grand slam presidential home run. And then like, he did not he, he like struck out and kicked the umpire in the nuts and like broke the woman on the way to the dugout. Like he did the absolute worst. And I'm sitting there going. It didn't dawn on me until a year later because I was so stunned. I was so stunned right. that he was missing this layup that I was almost in a weird way excited. Like, oh my God, he's like done. He's like, he's he, he's incapable of having a presidential moment. It Can't wasn't until a year later, a year later that I said, damn, it then sunk into me like this dude couldn't even, Right. he couldn't bring himself to condemn because he knew that there were sympathizers to him within those ranks and that yeah, to yeah. me it was it was a rap at that point because i go that there's there's a lack of basic decency there's a there's no decency there in the man right. then you throw in the incompetency that's what's so funny is hey if republicans wanted to say hey i think he's probably a bad guy but my god is that guy a ruthlessly efficient leader like i mean our everything is humming We are kicking ass and taking names, you know, like, hey, you may not like the way Michael Jordan punches Steve Kerr in the face, but my God, we're winning championships. No, this dude is like the bench, the 12th man on the team, (laughs) kicking people in the nuts at practice, and we're still giving him the captaincy. It's like, what the fuck are we doing, America?
0: It's It's like giving Rodman the captain. (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, no, no, but Rodman <laughs> not even because at least you could say Rodman has defensive player of the year awards. Yeah, that's He's, he does
2: no Call we're talking way down the bench.
1: Like if 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 Ron Artest were on a 10 day contract and did the, the melee at the palace, and then they named him Captain and All-Star, <laughs> an All-Star
2: starter MVP. the next day. You'd be like, what? Max deal. Right. <laughs> oh, my God. Had yeah, you done Trump before yeah. Trump was president?
1: I had started doing it around the time when he was running, because I had been on the Adam right. Carolla show uh, kind of as a frequent guest, and I was making videos for them. That, that was yep. sort of like... They were getting my YouTube channel and Twitter a little more shine. And I was like, I, I went out there like nine times to do the show. Um, once they canceled on me while I was out there. So I was like, well, I'm glad I spent that $600 on a plane fare. I guess I'll get a suntan. But, uh, but that was, I started doing it then. And it's funny, I've watched the impression develop. And I've always thought it was good. But when I look back at stuff I was doing in like 2015, 2016, it was nowhere near what it is today. Like it was good. But it's it's now at a right. different it's at oh, you're a different level. Killing it, dude. <laughs> the now impressions, crazy. but the thing I the thing for me that's about the impression is if I were to be I I have no reason to think I'll get SNL. But if I were to get SNL, I might keep doing it. But uh, and and I'm saying that not as like that's a possibility. I don't even think I'll get an audition. I'd right. love to get an audition, but I have no faith in this business doing right by me. <laughs> but I think if. If he wins again, I've already told like my podcast co-hosts and stuff. I'm like, I don't, I don't see how I can continue doing this voice. Like, I don't I genuinely won't think it's funny. Like right now, to me, Trump is dark humor because right. we have an escape right. patch in November. So it's like yeah. I will gladly keep doing Trump if he loses. Like I will mock, I will mock his fans. Oh, I yeah. will con- I will do Trump from like Mar-a-Lago, like Complaining right. about the Democratic uh, president, president. Et cetera. Yeah, exactly. I actually <laughs> said if Trump were to have a, were to die, this is the one thing I I would continue the podcast from hell. We would conti- we would change <laughs> the graphic and like the opening music <laughs> to like shrieks and howls and flame <laughs> sound effects, and then I would continue. It's like well, it's kind of hot down here. So, uh, but uh, you know, I recently got a promotion. Satan is now my vice president down here. They've decided that I am. The leader, I'm the best person to make <laughs> hell great again, and that's what I would do. Um, right. But it's but but if he wins again, I really, I think that says something really fundamental about our country um, that it wasn't a mistake that we didn't or 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 we didn't learn We're that we made a mistake, and right. it will say something even if he's going to lose the popular vote again. Like that's obvious, Locked, but right. but we do have a structure in place governing this country that is obviously flawed to its core if we can have this man elected twice. This isn't, this isn't George Bush. That's what I always say to people. No Trump fan ever does any examination, it seems, and says, hey, nobody ever hated Reagan or Bush or Bush this way. Why is that? Are they just Trump haters? Or is there something very different about this man? Like People Fuck. really hated Bush. But I never even even me, who thought the war was obviously a fucking huge mistake and built on some some lies. Mm-hmm. I never thought, man, George Bush is a real piece of shit human being. I was just right. like, he's a terrible fucking yeah. president. Man, and that's a really so, bad yeah. And that's that's still different. I never looked at him and thought and, and, you know, not to use Michelle Obama or Barack Obama as like cosigns, but they really like him. <laughs> Like, right, they yeah, like him personally. Right. And to me, that tells me something like, I trust the Obamas. And, yeah. and if they think he's like a good man who wasn't a good president, then they can be friends with a good man. Right. J- Donald Trump is a bad man, and not like Mike Tyson, even though I'm sure some are, <laughs> right? Like, he's not that kind of, bad he's a, right. Yeah, he's a villain. He is a villain. Like, if he ran a third world country or a developing nation, He'd have death squads. Like We'd he'd bomb be the killing shit per- out
2: him. If he was right. in a third world country. Right.
1: right. If he ran, if he ran a, a dictatorship in South America or the Middle East, Jesus like Christ he, he'd already be dead. Yes. <laughs> By that us. Was, right. <laughs> By some it's, other Republican president. President Mitt Romney yeah. would have already <laughs>
2: bombed his country. <laughs> I will tell you real quick. <laughs> it's super fucking dope of you to say that because obviously you know you've gained some notoriety here with this impression and if you just say like listen if he gets reelected fuck that <laughs> like this sucks I, like it's I not going to be funny be, to me anymore i have
1: to be okay with it
2: you know what i mean like
1: yeah. I, and I don't mean to like i like making money and i'm i'm really hopeful that my stand up career will will get enough followers and that i can be the comedian i want to be and I, i'll throw in a trump impression but I, I don't really want it to be the core of what i do and i won't be right. comfortable doing it in a second term because I'm like, it's not. I know comedy, and if I don't think it's funny, then it's I stop. certainly can't make right. it funny right. to 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 other people. It's 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 it sounds kind of pretentious to say that, but I I just think I will gladly continue doing it if he gets bounced, because he will stay in the public in the public sphere if he gets removed from office. Oh, so sure. I, I'll gladly mock him. Some yeah, he's more. Gonna start,
2: he's going to start a news channel, and you can. He's going to buy
1: OAN. He's definitely going to yeah. buy OAN and uh if declare. He has my, you know, right?
2: Yeah, I was gonna. I,
0: that's funny that you brought that up because I actually was gonna ask you that Uh because so much of the stuff that it is funny, but at the same time, like when you really think about the stuff that you're saying, is so true that it's like when you when you think about how how spot on you are and how. True it is that it becomes not funny. So it's like like you said, I always wondered like what I see, I see you know, I follow you on Twitter and stuff. I see how you uh are, are anti Trump, and I'm like, when does that to you become not funny anymore? And you, and you just answered the election that and, re-election right. is when it becomes not funny. I agree,
1: I agree. How can I mean uh, it's so it's so strange and to me it's so sad that that obama whether you thought he was a great president a good president or a a mediocre president but a but a good family man you to to have hate in your heart for obama and of course in case there are any libertarians listening yes if you are if you were bombed by a drone by the obama <laughs> presidency yes i don't expect you to be a big fan but i'm saying as far as this country is concerned the, the vitriol that a certain population in this country has for him is really unfound. It's, it' It can only be rooted in a deeper insecurity or hatred. And yeah. because I don't even know many people who hated George Bush like that, and he took us to fucking an ill-advised war that has cost us thousands of lives, trillions of dollars. like and I don't know many people who speak of him the way some people talk of Obama on the other side. Yeah, right. and the hate that was required to bring about this pre- this this president um, is is scary to be honest. Because I, I, I I'm sort of speechless when I think yeah. about it because I just I don't I don't, I don't fully exactly. comprehend it, but I know that I don't want those people deciding who who our president is. Um, you think Bush ever like? Saying
2: This is the only guy that could have made my presidency look fucking amazing. Like, I know a lot of people that hated the Bush and now we're like, dude, if I could sign up for that for four more years. (laughs) Oh, to to make another sports analogy,
1: I feel like this is like (laughs) Bush is like a guy who hit 300 career home runs that wasn't in any contention. And then once the steroid thing obliterated the numbers, they were like. We should look again at the guys who did it Naturally Bush
2: yeah. is Fred McGriff Let's
1: get him in He did it the right way At least he killed for people Lou Whitaker. the right way but. Yeah Lou oh, Whitaker Exactly The
0: Detroit guy Lou Whitaker <laughs> Alan Trammell got in be happy <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Alright so um, You may not keep doing the Trump thing But for right now you uh, are doing uh, the Trump stuff. Where can everybody hear you? I know you have a podcast as Trump. You have two um, albums out as Trump. Where can podcast they? Podcast is uh, so good. Oh,
2: thank it is. you. It,
0: it is. It's really good. Which, by the way, I want. I want to also add the Thoughts and Prayers album. Thought is spelled... T H O T and the, just nope. the cover is so funny. It's <laughs> so good. It's amazing. That's that's my favorite album that you did. But my favorite oh, joke you. is this: is the Sicilian face joke off okay, of uh, thank you. Do you K- do the artwork, or do
2: you have somebody do it for this? Oh no, I I commission. I'm
1: not an artist. Yeah. I commission that
2: curious.
1: stuff. Um, Those really good. I, oh, thank you. Yeah, I was I was happy with that. Um, and if you listen to it, the the cover. The cover woman is like not completely modeled on the subject of the track rain, rain woman or rain whore. There was a long track. <laughs> if you recall, there's a very long track. So the person on the cover is slightly based on the woman that caused me uh, very deep pain. But I turned it's, it into a 15 minute uh operatic stand-up story.
2: Oh, man.
1: I didn't know that. That's so
0: good, dude. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
2: I'll die right now. That's that's,
1: That's a little secret. That's just a little... I threw the tattoos on to like throw it <laughs> off to like so yes. it wouldn't it wouldn't because there were no tattoos. So the tattoos oh. were put on to be like, oh, oh that's not me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh my God. Well these
0: spots blow down, buddy. Chances <laughs> yeah. are she's not listening. If she's not related to one of us, she's not listening. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but uh where people can find me, I guess um the Trump podcast, which has had a nice uh blow-up recently, is called Making Podcasts Great Again. It's basically it's a week it's the unfiltered. It's like, what if Donald Trump was like, you know, privately doing a podcast? And it's, it's like R-rated Trump, basically. Right, uh, right, Which I'm sure is what he's like. I obviously take it a little too extreme oh, yeah. sometimes, but it's, you know. So that's available wherever you listen to podcasts. The two Trump albums, Fireside Craps and Fireside Craps The Deuce, available on, uh, you know, iTunes, Pandora, Amazon. Um, and then if you just go to JL Comedy, and obviously my YouTube channel, if if people are listening right. and they like the impression or the videos, be sure to Other subscribe to that.
0: impressions on there. The yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: sketches and so- yeah, John Bernthal. I need him to get to like the A list. He's like A minus list. If he gets bigger, like that'll be another one I can really put right. into heavy rotation.
0: So good, Jeff. Oh, Jeff, did I, I meant to send this to you today You have to go on YouTube I'll send it to you later And <laughs> listen to the, the Punisher talking about the Jordan LeBron debate I'm in <laughs> Fucking amazing, dude It's amazing <laughs>
1: Thank you But and, and just jlcomedy.com is the website That's where you can basically find links to everything I do There's a store page, all that So if people liked hearing me talk for a long time on this episode Then maybe they'll like right. some of that stuff
2: Uh, shameless ask, can we get a little Trump freestyle?
0: Wait, wait, I was gonna ask that, but I wanted, but yeah, I was gonna throw a spin on it for the show. Like, you always stepping on shit.
2: Give me a spin Uh, for the show.
0: All right, so we should
2: do pre production,
0: (laughs) or you could just like follow my lead, like Dennis. (laughs) (laughs) Next week is Luke Petter's show with Dennis. Let him go. (laughs) So, all right, so this, I this, um. My, I am proudly, and we t- I talk about it on the show a lot. When I first started the show, I had this award, I had this Hall of Fame called the Scott Baio Hall of Fame for the biggest douchebags ever, and I tried to get reach out to Scott Baio to get him to like <laughs> give these awards to people. So stupid, <laughs> I was such a fucking idiot, and he uh and he blocked me on Twitter. So maybe I was gonna ask you since. President Trump is, uh, which I hate to say, but President Trump is a good friend of Scott Bayo. Scott Bayo, great friend.
1: Great friend.
0: Maybe, uh, well, good. Uh, President Trump is here. Maybe, President Trump, you can talk Scott Bayo into, put a good word in for me to Scott Bayo to unblock me on Twitter.
1: Well, you know, I think that uh, Twitter is having obviously a lot of problems right now. They're being very anti free speech. And just because I want to talk about, you know, Joe Scarborough murdered a woman even though he was 800 miles away that's how convenient you know you think that's an excuse it's not an excuse believe me you can still murder somebody from 800 miles away and i gotta tell you scott Beo is one of our great people i assume your name is luca petta like luca Doncic. so it's luca <laughs> it's,
0: it's i heard Lou. luca petta
1: so it's luca petta like Luka Doncic, this is the, <laughs> you yeah. love him. Right. I don't know if you know this, he's Slovenian, which is where my wife Melatonin is from. And, you know, when he came to this country, it's a custom for the number one whore in Slovenia to, they call it bless, okay? he ble- She blessed Luka Doncic as like the new superstar. So he paid obviously $10,000 cash to the Trump Foundation. <laughs> but Melatonin went to town on Luka Doncic, and I think that's why he's playing so well in America. A great white player, by the way. Right. Um, you wouldn't think that. There's a lot of blacks in the NBA, but Luka Doncic came over here, got melatonin to bless him, and now is like a superstar. So it's that's the kind of talent. When you bring a whore from Transylvania to America and she shares her talents, it's like a fountain of youth. That's why I have such great energy because, you know, I'm I'm 73. That's not young, but... Her powerful Transylvanian whore genes make me so strong. That's why I say strong and powerful so much because I because I feel strong. But you're Luca. Right. Okay, so I'll call you Luca as well. And we're gonna talk to Scott Baio, because he's a good guy. He's a great conservative, great, great Italian conservative. We call him That's an right. Italian conservative. And you know what that means. He likes to say the N-word. That's like one of the one of the top things that Italian conservatives do. They say the N-word. That's so so true. he's a He's a very, you know, eggplant. He's always talking about eggplants when he watches the NFL. I don't know what it means, but he's always saying it. And we'll talk to him because you seem like a good guy. And we'll try to get him to unblock you because I think that's Twitter's being very unfair to a lot of people. So I think it's a good, it's called a goodwill gesture to get you, you know, unblocked by Scott Baio. Because I'll tell him Trump's in charge, okay? Not, not, not uh, Charles. Trump's in charge. And uh, Buddy, I don't know if you know this, Buddy. Remember Buddy from Charles
0: and Charles? Oh, Buddy Lumbeck.
1: Strong Christian, Willie Ames, strong Christian. Uh, Bible man. And let's not forget Nicole Eggert, too. You know, I might have, well, let's just say she attended a Jeff Epstein party with me, and it was, uh, well, it was fun. it was fun for one of us. So we'll see what happens.
0: Thank you, Mr. President <laughs> like, I appreciate that, yo, that was, I had to sh- turn my mic off I was I'm crying,
2: crying. Ah, Oh my that god, was shit, god. Man. That was yo, so classic
0: That was amazing And I, b- Before we let you go, I, I do have to say One of the the things I love About your You have so many of the little Nuances down one of my favorite things that you do is like when you're you're talking and then you're all then you're just like right Mike right oh, like, people oh, Mike, love, there. Like, people yeah.
1: love the the check with Mike Pence look it's incredible. <laughs> that's
0: the that's the bat. It's so. The good. thing I have
1: to add, I'm gonna add. Do you see if you can see the finger gun? He kind of does that sometimes. <laughs> he goes, I'm gonna add that in the next one. Go right, Mike. This guy, this guy, Mike. He's such <laughs> a what a guy. I'm gonna try and add that one as a little, a little premeditated move for the next video.
0: (laughs) So good. Good. Just so, uh, six degrees of separation here. Um, Very early on, I had Casey Jost on my show, who is the brother of Colin Jost, who happens to be on Saturday Night Live. Casey does not remember me, but I mean, you never know. Like maybe I can get you on there. I don't, you know. You're way better than. (laughs)
2: Let's do
0: it. You're way better than Baldwin. Way better. However, I think Baldwin has more of a natural douchebagginess to him. He's, he's a douche. He doesn't have to it's, stretch that far.
1: Well, he just he just says, we got Steve Bannon. Steve Bannon would do it. And he just he <laughs> that's makes that's the it. face. And it's, yeah, it's hello. Not, it's I'm going to repeat what he said. I'm just going to say what Trump said this week.
0: Um, You're right. I feel yeah, like yeah, we'll he's just t- like a dick. And he's just like, oh, what would I say? And I'll just try to do Trump's voice. <laughs>
1: Well, my <laughs> prediction for what's going to happen in the fall, I'll, I'll, yes, I'll, if I were betting, if they had odds on mm-hmm. this, I wouldn't bet on me being on Saturday Night Live. I would bet on Sarah Cooper being on Saturday Night Live. And I know oh, that sounds crazy, no. but I'm no, no. And I don't. I'm not saying this to trash. This is me just talking as a comedian, right. observing the comedy world. This is anyway. not me injecting my own opinion or like criticizing. But I could see it happening. I, I could really see it happening that they'll do like an Andy Kaufman kind of Trump mm-hmm. with her. Like we already had Baldwin. He won two Emmys. We're not going to do better than that. Cause they're not going to look. What right. if we went in a totally different direction? And they'll say, imagine how crazy Trump would be if a, a young, attractive black woman were making fun of him. And I, I see some merit in that, but right. cause they, the New York times today had a big article and they mentioned, um, Melissa McCarthy, As Sean Spicer which was actually funny though because she was still doing a Sean Spicer impression which made it all the more impressive but I I, I, like if I could gamble on like DraftKings right now on like odds (laughs) to make SNL I I genuinely think that there is enough buzz and enough progressive energy behind a move like that that it that it wouldn't shock me it would just I would just cry until I die Um, for myself, <laughs> well, not right. happy for her, of course, but I'd just be like, I really am never going to be on. I, it didn't matter that I had the best Trump impression. It didn't matter. And that's, that's what's frustrating, I guess, but yeah, good well, luck to everybody out there. I, I support everybody getting their money and getting their opportunities, but I just hope that mine hasn't peaked is what I guess is, is what I'm saying.
0: Well, as, uh, somebody that peaked in high school, um, you know, i you're doing just fine. But I want you to know, you have a open offer. We we have a uh, I, I know you're out in Jersey now. Um you know, we have a studio in Jersey City, so you have an open invitation to come on uh anytime you want. Even if you get really big and it's just to walk by and spit on us. Anything. <laughs> yeah. Like we'll just say well, and I mean, if you know, you can always one replace of your guys, Jeff if that, know, so. Yeah, well, well,
1: Jeff Jeff wants me to fuck him apparently. Yes. So <laughs>
0: That's true. I so, mean, I true. mean,
1: spitting, spitting would be like a bonus, I guess.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, it depends on what videos you're watching. That's right. I forgot about that. Jeff, doing, yeah, no, it's, doing, it's easier in person. Who ought to fuck JL? <laughs> uh, that's all right. So, everybody, follow uh, JL. Uh, your Twitter handle is
1: yeah, i I'm not verified because I'm a man of the people.
0: Nice, <laughs> nice, nice! Fight the power.
1: People, really wa- people really want people really want right. me to get the blue check um, mark, and I'm like, I could, but I kind of like being just, uh, you know. I, obviously, if there become like fraudulent accounts, I don't know why there would be, but if ever I saw some, <laughs> some like fake jail accounts, I'd be like, okay, let me get the blue check mark now. Right. I saw still, I saw some.
2: Sorry. I, oh yeah, I, yeah. Saw, I saw some people asking where your uh, Instagram is.
1: Oh, um, I have. I don't have one because, and this is, see, this is going to make me sound like such a, I guess, progressive, uh, progressive (laughs) douche. (laughs) But I think once my career, once my career really felt like it wasn't going to take off anymore, I think I started looking for ways to be a better person or to put more, (laughs) to do good things with my life (laughs) to make myself feel better. So I like dumped Facebook and Instagram in 2018 because I was just like, I don't, I really think Mark Zuckerberg is, is, you know, oh, probably yes. a terrible person and That's the company exactly. is a it, really terrible per- company. Yeah. And it hurt. It hurt because you learned how many friends of yours were like cyber friends of convenience. Because like, hey, you, I haven't heard from you in, well, since the day I left Facebook.
2: Um, <laughs>
1: right. And, and it hurt because there were not as many gigs. Obviously, I've benefited now. I have a huge following regardless. So that feels good. But right. it was tough giving up on that whole outlet. But I just thought they are terrible for Democracy. So I do have the Trump impression does have an Instagram for the podcast. So that's at yeah. Trump pod. So I put up a lot of the videos and clips from the podcast. So if you like the Trump impression, it's a no brainer to go to Trump pod. T-R-U-M-P P-O-D.
0: Cool. And uh, Will over here pulling a Jeff and asking a question at the last minute when I'm trying to wrap everything up. But I'm <laughs> uh, going to do it now.
2: i to no. ask it after.
0: <laughs> that's usually like a Jeff thing. All right. So Everybody, please uh, go to uh, JL uh, Coven, uh, his YouTube page. Listen to his albums. Uh, you could get them. Uh, I was listening on Apple Music. You could stream them. I guess every every streaming platform. He is uh, the, way more than just the Trump impression, but the Trump impression is great. And man, I really appreciate you coming on and spending the time with us. And you got an open invitation. You ever hanging out in Jersey? You want to come by? We got a bar in the studio. Everything. It's good. It's good time.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you very much. This is a lot of fun. All right, everybody.
0: Once again, follow at Luke Capetta Show on Twitter. Follow me at Lou underscore Capetta on Twitter. Follow Luke Capetta Show on Instagram. You can follow these uh, other guys, um, but I don't know why. Yeah, no. So everybody, <laughs> seriously though, everybody, thank you so much. Stay safe out there, and thanks for rocking. It. Peace.